Hello everyone and welcome back to the Film Aspect, the show where a couple of Scotsmen talk all aspects of film. My name is Aaron and in your most Scottish accent possible, tell us who you are. Brian. Oh. That's my most Scottish accent. I, think, I don't know <laughs> if I can get any more Scottish than mine. You could get TV Scottish but not real not Scottish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can't see this but he's actually got a bagpipe slung over his shoulder right now. Uh-huh. He, thinks I'm gonna, he, he thinks I'm going to let him play it but I'll no subjugate you to that. I've been practising all morning as well. <laughs> Much to the, the neighbours' discontent, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they're delighted. Um, I, today we're going to be bringing a bit of a patriotic vibe nah, to the... <laughs> maybe. <laughs> to the episode this week, maybe, maybe no. Uh, but it's it's more specifically because this week it's Burns Night on the 25th of January. So we Scottish celebration of uh, the poet Robert Burns. Uh, we are... What do you do on Burns Night? I mean, other than you eat your haggis, neeps and tatties. Do you have, have some single malt? You have a, have a, have a wee dram um, of whiskey and then you read some Burns to all your family and friends when about the fire? I don't like whiskey. Go to air. What? You don't like whiskey? <laughs> nah, mate. I've, I've, I've not got the build for it yet. Nah. It burns my soul out of me whenever I have a ah. sip. I remember once offering somebody even this was just na- it was like navy rum and I was like oh right uh, they were like Aye, share a, you know have a drink with me and I was like hey I'll go get the coke and he's like nah 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 mate you're drinking it just on its own and I was like oh, alright I remember literally it must have been about one or two mil of this stuff went in my throat and I was like oh I can feel it it's like it's the kind of like something I just think it's the kind of liquid that shouldn't be in your body. Sometimes if it's given, if your body's burning and been like, mate, maybe aye. you shouldn't be drinking it. You know, <laughs> aye, that's aye. No, you don't. You get you get different types of different. The good whiskey suppose, doesn't burn. Ah uh, well, like, maybe maybe I should start trying. You know, you try man up I, a wee bit. I think it's become one. Of, a, something become you'd a true dive, Scotsman. Aye, head first into you dive into it with both feet. I think you'd love it. <laughs> Dive with both feet. Aye, that's how that's I a dive. bad way to dive. No, <laughs> you not. start at a handstand <laughs> position. <laughs> um, Jump in with uh, both feet. That's what I meant. <laughs> it's the same fucking um, scene, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, are you a big fan of haggis? I think we were talking about it last week. You like haggis? Eh, it's all right. I, I feel as if I have to say aye, but it's. I mean, I could, I could ha- have it or leave it. I don't really have any strong feelings towards it either way. I actually do quite enjoy haggis. Um, so, yeah, there, there we go. That's us. Done for the week. That's it. Our one celebration. Uh, yeah, so last week we kind of mentioned that we're going to be talking about Scottish cinema in general. We didn't really know what we were doing, to be honest. Uh, but we wanted to narrow the focus a wee bit, since neither of us are experts in uh, Scottish cinema, really. Uh, so, we decided to go to talk about Andrea Arnold's 2006 film Red Road, and while we're doing that, we might have a wee bit of commentary on the Scottish cinema scene. Put our, 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 uh, our thought, I was going to say our two pence. Is that, that's not it. Tuppence. That's that. <laughs> uh, just just say, say some things about stuff. That's basically, you know, that's what you're here for. That's what you pay the big bucks for. That's what I'm um, here for. Aye, but before we do that, just uh, just a quick reminder. You can follow us on Twitter at The Film Aspect where we post some stuff, some little videos of us, you know, some clips. Maybe a wee poll, maybe a wee like, this is what we're doing this week, which I didn't do this week when we changed when we changed our mind and, and up, update the masses, you know? No. 
Well, we've uh, got until Friday to do that. Hmm? We've got until Friday to do that. True, true that, actually. Aye, aye I forgot. I'm forget- I always forget that it's just like, <laughs> you know, a solid wee chunk of time before between us recording this and it actually coming out. But, um, aye, so we're also available on all streaming, all, a lot of streaming platforms, not all of them. All um, the good ones, I'd aye, say. The, one, the ones that matter. Uh, so, yeah, just search up the film aspect, you'll find us there. We, uh, black and yellow and white logo you know get some faces on it it's pretty get a sleek border around the aspect you know playing on that i came up with that myself aye he did so and then completely destroyed it so it looks like no film ratio in the history of cinema <laughs> i enjoyed that remember, remember when i was talking about making it like the tenet poster or something like that it was like an upside down tease or something and then yeah. i that the good times mate <laughs> um I so tell your mates, tell your your mum and dad, tell them how much you bloody love this podcast, and we'll we'll keep doing it. I mean, we'll yep. keep doing it anyway, probably. Yeah. Uh, so, um, going over to the 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 world of film, you heard anything? You get your no. ear to the ground. You know I what happened me. last week? Though, literally about zero point two seconds after we stopped recording, What's was that, that Net- Netflix announced they were going to be making a fil- releasing a film a week for the next yeah. year. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty big, I'd say. I mean, 80% of these, 90% of these will be rubbish, I think. I'd say a higher percentage than that. I think you'll get two really good films out of this. Uh-huh. Because Netflix, what I've found is they seem to be technically proficient, but that's pretty uh-huh. much it. They look nice, but they don't have much substance. Or sizzling, no steak. That's what I found with Netflix productions. Well, I was surprised to find though that that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio film that we mentioned last week in Jennifer Lawrence that is also amongst the the roster of Netflix films. So I mean that's a that's a biggie, big Leo DiCaprio film on Netflix, yeah. and then you have uh, Gal Gadot, Dwayne Johnson, and Ryan Reynolds and Red Notice or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, a, a lot of these will probably be like the kind of Netflix that like I I think you would be probably surprised by like how many movies they make, like in release. So, I mean, I don't think this will be that big a jump. Two seconds. Somebody is calling me. That's all right. <clears throat> One of my... <laughs> so that's them confirming that my, de- my shelf's coming. <laughs> but, like, when I filled in the form, I done autofill. Right. And, and it autofilled my name in as Aaron's card. <laughs> so the guy's like, is this Mr. Card? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, eh. oh, I, I, uh, so, <laughs> oh, mate, what a fucking, oh, what, what a laugh, huh? Can you uh, make it up? Can, <laughs> uh, right. I'm just gonna put my notes. Seven thirty, Mister Card. <laughs> oh, mate, that's so funny. Um. And of course, Amelia's just about to leave as well, so I'll need to get that in all. Um, Aye, what was I saying? Something about Netflix. So, <laughs> something about Netflix. Um, but I actually do kind of like this. I, I feel like it's almost... It's almost like... um, You know, you used to get like the TV movie of the week. Yeah. It's kind of like that. I get that kind of sense from it. It's almost like, you know, you could get your family to get... Well, no, really, but if you're living with them, you can get your family together and just be like... 
um, let's sit down, we've got a new movie to watch this week, and obviously there's going to be quite a lot. Netflix are catering to everybody. Like, they're not, it's not like a certain channel making certain kind of movies or whatever, so like, there's going to be a lot of stuff in there that's not going to be for like you or me or whatever, so... But I, I like that idea of just being like able to be like, all right, I'll sit down this weekend and I know I've got at least a movie that I could try and watch if I was very open-minded to just watch whatever came came out. So, but I, I quite like that. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming then that Netflix are just been like, fuck it, mate. We're just going, we're leaning into this debt that everybody keeps talking about that they've got uh, by making 52 movies <laughs> with some big, big actors as well. Because I think yeah, among them was like Halle Berry directing her first film, um, Regina King as well was re- directing a film. Yeah, so there's Lin Oscar Manuel talk Miranda about as well. Yeah, with a uh, with a uh, Andrew Garfield in in his film. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's going to be. I, unfortunately, it might be the future of cinema, but I think that goes the way of no matter what production it is, there is always a Netflix board that sits at the very top kind of pulling the shots it's never going to stray too far from you know what netflix want to have on their platform so you're never going you're not going to get out there movies it's all i think all these films are going to look like a netflix film which all the films that they've released have done they always have that uh-huh. sleek polished look and i think it's going to be somewhat similar to the mcu where you know they all look like marvel films for like since pretty much since age of ultron since guardians of the galaxy came out they've all looked the same uh-huh. And follow the same template and I think uh, Netflix do that so I'm not super excited see you could throw anybody behind it even even a Scorsese even the Irishman looked like a Netflix film do you think? yeah yeah I do so I don't know I don't know <laughs> I don't I don't think there's anybody to test the waters because if you're bringing up all these first time directors then they don't really have that artistic sway, that artistic pull to be like, no, this is my vision sort of thing. Or at least that's my interpretation of it. And you've always got some, you know, mysterious man in a dark suit with a briefcase full of cash saying, no, this is my film. This, <laughs> this is how this looks sort of thing. So I think it's just, it's just a, an extension of the, the old Hollywood studio system, which I think is coming back into play with your Amazon and your, your Netflix and HBO Max. It's, ju- it's just a hundred years like- ago in Hollywood. I uh, like how you know Adam Sandler will sign like a six picture deal with Netflix, so yeah. he's like their guy or whatever. Um, yeah, well, no, I think I think there could be some some positive out of it because if if Netflix becomes like a it, it's subscriber based, right? So like all you need to do really for these kind of for these kind of shows is put a movie with some big name in it right because it's not like you're not financially putting yourself out there like you are when you're going to see a movie obviously like for some people you probably like you might be thinking it's you know it's pushing 10 pound a month now but when you think of like you know you're paying 10 pound a month and you can sit down with your the whole family there's people in different accounts you know like i share account with my mum in a different house and stuff like that so like we we're always watching stuff but like you know, to just, just to be having such a kind of low entry point for money wise to then be like, yeah, we're making all these movies with these big faces and stuff. They don't need necessarily need it to be good, like well, I mean, proven by the state of a lot of the Netflix movies. I don't think they're really concerned with them being great films. They're just, you know, all they need is names attached to a project that will appeal to enough people that then they go in for that. So I think then from that. I'm not saying this is what they'll do, but I'm saying that this is what could come of it if they were smart about it. Is they could take a step back and go, 
right, so we actually are in a good position where we can just make a film as we want to because we're not box office monitored, you know? Maybe. So there's a potential, but obviously they'll be looking at their own version of box office being the numbers because they can see how many people have watched it and stuff like that. But again, like, if you're paying for it anyway, up here comes a wee new uh, a new movie, like you can just you could you you're just gonna sit down and watch it. Like I've done that where like ah oh, well I'm not I was I wouldn't have been interested in this, but it's get this guy and that guy and it's on Netflix and I don't need to pay anything extra. So that's the thing though. I think that's detrimental to the state of movies because that the, from the idea of that is right. We can pump out any old shite for as cheap as possible, and folk are going to watch it anyway because they're already subscribed. So yeah, I suppose why put any effort into making the next masterpiece? And I think I genuinely believe that is how they think in these situations. How can we get the most amount of money back for the least amount of money spent? And the quality of the the film comes second to that. So I don't, I don't like the whole the studio system. Even though it gave you know some of the best films of all time, I think it's a a thing where they need to get back to. If if the cinemas go and streaming is the future, the quality of movies goes as well. Mm. Big big <laughs> statements. I, I just that's that's where I stand on that. Uh, so my only other bit is something that I saw was uh, you see the trailer for Willy's Wonderland. No, no, I didn't. Nicholas Cage told to look after and clean up a, a like arcade kids place or something like that, and it's full of killer animatronics. and it's basically like they ain't stuck in he ain't stuck in there with them they're stuck in there with him like that's the kind of thing just Nick Cage dating some stupid movies but it looked pretty funny well I also did see that there was a bit of drama with uh, Ray Fisher the guy that plays Cyborg yeah Um, he's getting into a a wee spat with um, it was over Apparently, some kind of misconduct with uh, yeah, Josh no, Whedon and, and Walter Hamada. Uh, but now that's them saying that he, like, he was supposed to be in a. They were trying to play it off like it was a cameo, but apparently it was a much larger like role in the film oh, in right. the upcoming Flash movie, and he's just not going to be in it anymore. So he, uh, it, the the title of the dark Josh Whedon was just that he wouldn't be reprising the role. I don't know if that is in its like just done. Oh, also, Justice League is not. A four-part miniseries that is one four-hour movie. I'm excited about that. I like a long film. I do. I yeah. I mean, I do. I also don't ever find the time to watch. That's why I've not watched Seven Samurai still. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm excited for it. But I don't know if I was trying to look up to see if there was any kind of rumors of whether HBO Max would be coming to the UK, and there was nah, like I won't. I'd seen there was stuff they were talking about the potential but it wouldn't be for like another best part of a year anyway it's, yeah it's, they have a like an exclusive deal with Sky with Sky Atlantic that's where all the HBO content goes like the TV series going to now TV and it's, it's the contract with Sky they wouldn't they I, I think they're, they're locked into that for, for so many years yeah I know but if there's content coming out from them then surely would they not offer a UK alternative or oh, Europe because it's, be it's, it's just, just a whole store, other side of the world yeah, it'll, it'll, I would imagine it'll be in some sort of like the Sky Store to buy yeah. it. I, I, I like if it was just a package within Now TV, yeah. you could buy like the HBO yeah. Max deal. That would be, I'd be fine with that. Like if it was on oh, the pull, I'd say look, this is the only little bit, and then I keep rattling it with stuff. Godzilla get pulled forward. Oh, did Godzilla it? versus Kong, two months to March. And that's doing the, the same like thing as Wonder Woman, like cinema and thinking but I, I'm, I'm getting really sick of just them being like coming to cinemas March and you're like 
no it's no mate yeah like that will not be out here we're not going to be in a position that people are going back to cinemas in two months time i mean if the cinemas are open i'll be fucking gone i mean if it's if it's open if it's it's open open, i'll go like we've said before, like all the places that I've been to that have been open throughout various tiers or stages of of the lockdown, the cinema felt about the safest out of them all. Yeah, you know because people people don't go there to interact or touch stuff or whatever. You go, you sit down, you watch a movie, you get up and you leave. Like you don't move, you don't talk to anyone. Like yeah. that's it, other than the person you're with probably. So. But yeah, I do. I do. Sometimes it's just like, are they just trying to remain kind of brave faced and just be like, ah, it'll be it. It'll be it then. But it does seem like such a weird thing to do to just pull it forward. But clearly they're thinking more of the HBO Max side of things rather than cinema. Because they'll be looking at their, you know, people will be interested in this. But you have to obviously space out your, spread out your stuff. So it's like keeps people engaged. And they're probably looking at that spot in March and be like, oh, there's nothing really there. It's a bit of a lull in March. Let's plonk in Godzilla vs. Kong and work out whatever replaces that later down the line. Yeah. So, I if we, there was a little, from their little trailer though, there was little clips of like Space Jam and, and uh, Godzilla vs. Kong and stuff. Did you see that? Uh, I saw I saw a post about it on Twitter, but then I watched the trailer. I don't... Uh, it was just very, very short little clips yeah. of, of various things. So Space, Space Jam looking all glowy. I, I'm I'm really excited for Space Jam. I don't know why. I loved the first one. Yeah, I wish they would have stuck with the same sort of animation type. Though I'm not. I just I feel as if they've abandoned 2D animation in favor of you know because Pixar makes it look all glowy and whatnot. But uh, I think it's still it's still like it's kind of like 3D environments, but they are still 2D. Like the characters are still 2D. Oh, are they? I thought it was. I all think so. Pixar-y. Nah, no, 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 no. I'm almost definite it's not Pixar like. I'm pretty sure it's it's like the actual surrounding, like the environments that they're in are the, your typical kind of animated uh, 3D environments, but they just the same as the live action movies where, you know, um, but you know what I'm trying to think? What was the first Looney Tunes movie? Or was Space Jam? The, was see it was Space Looney Tunes Jam, ba- yeah. Space Jam. So Looney Tunes back in action was the sequel to Space Jam. I don't know if it was a sequel. I think it was just another they, Looney Tunes film. How are they back in action? Oh, but just because it's the Looney Tunes, though? Yeah. It's not, oh, right, so it wasn't, like, following on from another no. movie. I always thought that was, like, the second movie. No, I don't think so. Mate. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, <laughs> so, I, for me, having two things on my list, being Netflix and Willy's Wonderland, uh, I just, I, lots of other things in my mind, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be talking about Red Roads and Scottish Cinema. We bit of collaboration between the two of them. What is your general opinion on Scottish cinema? If you have one, being a Scottish filmmaker yourself, I hate it. <laughs> I uh, that's strong strong words. I don't like it. It's I just feel as if you only see one type of film, and this this falls right into the hands of it. And it is those two golden words that every you know film Scotland or BFI look for, and that's poverty porn if you are looking at somebody oh that's a terrible neighborhood oh look at his clothes oh we need to film that is and, and, and absolutely there are places that exist like that but if you were to, to get an incline of how british life is just through independent scottish and british films you would think this is fucking like war-torn burma or something <laughs> because it is a state 
everybody looks homeless and like drug riddled and alcoholic and just terrible and it's, mm. it's it's bleak and it's lifeless and that's not a true representation i think of of what the country is or the city of glasgow is i just i just i hate when films nitpick on a small wee corner and represent that as to be the, the kind of that's how everybody lives and i just i uh, i hate it so much because that's the only films you see genuinely the only films you see i think short yeah. and feature length apart even even the popular ones like train spotting paints such a negative picture of you know the environment or the the city or the country uh, the cult just the kind of yeah lot of stuff to do with the culture as well because uh, i mean train spotting has that whole bit where if you're rants about it's shape being scottish or whatever yeah um yeah, I yeah I get that. Like it is, and especially with this film. Well, I, I'm gonna gonna hit with like what this film's about to anyone that doesn't know. Oh, so right. this is the IMDb synopsis. So Jackie works in a C, as a CCTV operator. Each day she watches over a small part of the world, protecting the people there, uh, living their lives under her gaze. One day a man appears in her monitor. A man she thought she would never see again. A man she never wanted to see again. Now she has no choice. She is compelled to confront him. Um. But yeah, this is very, I mean, for one thing, very of its time. Do you get people like this now? See, like, people that watch CCTV. I don't is know. That, like, because she's just sitting for an area. She's got, like, 20 screens in front of her. Surely that's not going to be the kind of way that, like, that's not going to work out for you, is it? Because surely you're going to miss so much. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, it just it seems... I uh, honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Any day that can hit us up and let us know if you're a CCTV operator that yeah. sits and watches stuff all day, you know? It seemed like there would have to be thousands of those cubicles across the country, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I get what you're meaning, though, with that, that kind of, that poverty porn, because it is certainly, I mean, this film in particular, like, I'd literally written that down in my, my uh, notes, was just like, it's portrayed as such a desolate landscape, you know, Oh, oh, oh the, I mean, even the Waynes are stabbing each other, you know, yeah. <laughs> and there's just rubbish going everywhere, folk, you know, graffiti all over the walls, and, and you never, but I think the point in that for this film, so this film's very supposed to be, I, I'd say, about like the kind of, you know, people, they're, they're kind of bouncing off each other, looking for connections or whatever, right? Because obviously, like, she's all alone because, like, the, the, this kind of mystery happened to her. Like, what, why is she alone and why does she hate this guy and all this kind of stuff? But then, like, it does, I think it it completely avoids, you know, like, it, it barely ever goes into the city centre. There's maybe, like, one bit where they're at a pub and, and even when it is, there's actually a party, it somehow feels so like sad at the same time yeah i don't know but what what i will immediately say about this i do find this quite authentic i think it is a very specific part of of scotland or whatever but like you know when i'm seeing those kind of flats and these kind of type that people and you know like all this kind of stuff i I do recognize that as as a form of reality and i do think it is completely ignoring other sides of it but obviously you want you want some kind of drama and you know yeah. living in the you know the the nice wee suburbs like south craigs of uh you know <laughs> bales den or something like that isn't going to be quite the same um I, I like how i just said bales den and south craig in the same line like they're the same thing though bales den is very very 
very fancy um but yeah like what do you think though about seeing settings accents culture and all that that like you potentially recognize what do you think about that i always i can always see it as being staged like i i I get what you the kind of the idea of these settings is authentic but the execution isn't i didn't find there's just there's so many things like i can i can see i I think the 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 i can't think of the word but what you can tell is like with bad editing or bad directing or, or bad anything is i can see when the director shouts action and i can see when they shout cut inside the frame sort of thing right so it's uh, the edit of the shot has been left too long because it's just a split second like that party you were talking about and then they all start jumping about and dancing and then they stop when he comes over to talk to her sort of thing or it dies down and i'm like well that uh, just <laughs> i thought it was i did have issues with like the the, the edit and, and the framing and a lot of things and i just what i've written down in my note is uh, for, and I, I felt compelled to make notes because I didn't know why I get anything wrong when I was saying negative aspects of the film I'm quite happy to get stuff wrong all the time when I'm speaking in a positive light but I thought no I'll stick to my stick to my convictions and this felt like it was somebody had picked up a book on how to make a film or how to make an independent film it felt very student filmy and as if they had to have a checklist of, well, this is what it says it does in the manual to make me feel a certain way. So I'm going to hold it up in front of me and make sure the frame looks like that. And then we're going <laughs> to shoot action and then we're going to shout cut. And it doesn't matter what's happening in the frame, as long as it looks like we've made this shot from this filmmaking manual, it's going to be a success. And that's how I felt for the entire film. I didn't feel mm. any emotional connection to any character whatsoever. Yeah, I think I think there was one point. So, like to go to to go into the story a wee bit more, um, she sees this guy who's supposed to be in prison for a lot longer than he is. He re- she recognizes him through the CCTV. She starts basically stalking him through the CCTV. Then she starts trying to kind of weasel her way into his life in a way, uh, to the point that they have some kind of relation, which then spirals down to which I always found like a bit of a that was a bit of a kind of whiplash moment for me was when she eventually, you know, she is a lonely person. You find out that her husband and her daughter have died. This guy's got something to do with it. But then he starts showing her some kind of affection that turns into a kind of sexual relationship. And obviously, like, being alone, I think she just craves that so much. But then after they've actually had sex, which was a very, very long sex scene, <laughs> I felt, um, the she she then frames him for for rape which i found i was just kind of like oh i mean like obviously this movie was kind of dealing with her being a mourning mother and all this and then there's that really the bit that i found really depressing was when she was hugging she stuffed her kids clothes full of like other clothes and then hugs it yeah that that was pretty depressing but like yeah this when it hit that point i remember being like oh man like this is because you know when you talk about that kind of topic in film quite often my mind will go to something like Gone Girl, which is so over-exaggerated. You know, she's a crazy person, but she's also a genius because she'll think of everything and frame you down to the last T, whereas this is just, like, a bit more, you know... I don't want to say nuanced. Like, kind of felt a wee bit more realistic in a way, but it also felt like 
that was the moment for me where I was like, oh, so the, well, is that character willing to go this far for this? You know, because obviously she keeps picking up bits of glass, rocks and stuff like that. And you're like, what's she going to do? Like, is she going <laughs> to battle this guy? So I was I was very surprised with that. And I've kind of forgotten what I would say. <laughs> but I remember going, I need to get into the story to talk about the point I'm about to talk. And then I've talked about the story and I forget now. But to, to round out the story, just so everyone's on board, uh, she then eventually drops the charges. She starts to feel bad for the guy. He has a daughter that's coming over. She then has a discussion with him. She finally is able to reconnect with her uh, dead husband's parents. And she eventually just talks to the guy and he has a bit of a like, here's what happened. I was drugged out my mind. I smashed right into them. They died instantly. And then and then that was kind of it, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I... Oh, I forgot what you were saying. So I, I had something to like when you were speaking. I was like, "All right, I need to, need to jump in on this," and then I completely forgot what it was you were talking about. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I kind of get you what you're talking about with the student filmy thing because it does kind of have those vibes. And I'm pretty sure this was maybe Andrea Arnold's first movie. I uh, don't know. because what I didn't know about it, it was the first in a proposed trilogy called the, the, the Advance Party Trilogy, I think it was. So uh, she went on to direct Fish Tank, which I have heard of, American Honey, which I've owned on Blu-ray for years, and I've still no touched. I don't even think it's out the wrapper yet. Um, <laughs> but I'm just trying to see... So she'd done a few short films. Red Road was her first feature film. Yeah. Um, but it was it was from, you know, Lars von Trier. Yeah. It it was like him, they they him and a bunch of other people had like decided to do a trilogy with connect like the same characters but different stories, um, but the trilogy never actually came to completion because it was this one other called Donkey, and then um I really had to fight the urge there to not say that like Shrek <laughs> Donkey, but uh, the third movie never came to be. Um, Shame. But <laughs> right, next week we're doing donkey <laughs> you're buzzing Very. um i know the thing about this film is I've, I've, i'm back on track now all right okay, you were talking about all these we're, we're leading we're leading um through her eyes to see this guy and, and we don't know what he's done and all that stuff but i feel as if there wasn't enough information given for me to like latch on to her emotionally See, you're, drip, you're supposed to drip fed and fill in the blanks by yourself, but there was nothing, unless I just wasn't paying attention, but there was nothing for me to say, all oh, right, I need to follow her story as to why she's following this guy. I'm just like, why is she following this guy? I was like, I don't care. This could be any other guy. And that was my whole feeling between for, for the whole, pretty much the whole film. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, why is she doing that? I don't care. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's happening. I don't care. And it yeah. just... I kind of like, see, I kind of like that bit more of a hands-off approach because, like, I, I didn't enjoy this as much. This, this is the second time I've seen this. But we were just talking before we started recording. Like, I watched this when I was in uni. And it was one of those, like, I just sat down. I knew nothing about it. But then there's obviously this kind of aura when you're watching a movie in film school with another, a, a bunch of film students, you know. So it's it's a very, it's almost like a kind of, like a little competition to see who can take the most meaning out of a out of a movie <laughs> um but obviously like i i am a big guy for you know what's been put in besides what you can see you know what can you actually pull from a film and i do like like i can find it 
I think I've said before, like, I'm always of two minds of it. At one point, I find it incredibly pretentious, and it makes my skin crawl when I hear people talking in that kind of way about films, but at the same time, I do like doing that, and I think that's partly why, you know, you're in a room full of people with 30-odds of us taking all these wee things and saying what this could be about and that could be about, and for me, that sometimes amplifies a movie and I, I'm starting to see like oh right that's that's kind of cool and I, I like th- I like that you're having to figure that out yourself is that my, my bell going but somebody should get it hopefully uh it seems like everybody and everything happens on a bloody Tuesday afternoon when I'm trying to record <laughs> these things all the time it's always Tuesdays so uh <laughs> I get what you're saying about the, the film the film yeah shouldn't talk but I despise that with every fiber of my being uh, I hate I hate pretentious people talking about pretentious films and I saw um, I actually read a couple of reviews about this and mm. responses and stuff and it's like uh, <laughs> you don't like it just because you don't understand what's happening uh. <laughs> and that mindset I think I've said this before that mindset is, is again what makes my skin crawl in the film analysis community or the film fan yeah, film review that, community. Yeah, that is annoying because you shouldn't have to understand it to to enjoy it, no. you know, necessarily. I think, but that that's where I always see it from is when it's like when it comes to the understanding side of of things, I see that as an extra. Let's just yeah. say amplifying. It's not the base. I'm not like if if there wasn't for me, I did like it because it gave me. A sense, or at least the first time I really liked it because it gave me a sense of kind of um, I don't know, it just it had a very specific tone, I felt yeah. uh, and the setting and stuff like that did feel, because that's what I was saying you know, like it is the struggling side of, of Scotland but I, I saw a reality in it and especially like when, you know, when it comes to like, see the party scene the party scene really made me feel almost uncomfortable because there was a time years and years ago where like I ended up at, at a party that I also didn't want to be at <laughs> and it was not I'm not saying it was as bad as that one but it was of a similar kind of nature and when I'm seeing this and it's like you know the details in it you know from the little streets to the like I'm, I'm looking at the doors there's a point where she shuts the bathroom door the cheap door and the door handle you know or the like the really tall skyscraper flats where it's like they can see everything from the window you know all of that stuff is really to me it gave me a sense you know like it, it was it, it was speaking to me in a way that I was like I, I recognize you and I get like it does make me feel something because of personal experience with that um but yeah it's it's that that's kind of why I think on that level I kind of related to this movie but I do get where you would where you would also be coming from because it is very hands-off it's very just like you're watching a woman and you kind of you're, you're like oh, well I'm going to assume that he's done something to her just by you know you know that he was in prison he's out now and you're like who did she who did he kill what did he do you know you have all of that so you are just kind of it's not like a mystery in the way that you're oh putting the puzzle pieces together yeah. because there's only really about three pieces to this puzzle <laughs> you know so it's just but those pieces are spread out across the whole movie yeah um I just, I just, I, to me, as soon as I see even the slightest hint, I'll let it go for a bit, but see as soon as the kind of, the self-indulgence, self-indulgence starts to take centre stage, I'm like, nah, uh. I'm out, I'm out. Like Duncan <laughs> Vanatine, I'm out. So I switched off maybe 10, 15 minutes in, because I messaged you last night when I was watching this, and I, I said, like, the first 10 minutes felt like the first hour. 
so and that that kind of i felt as if i was watching this film for a lot longer than i was um <laughs> it felt if i don't know if i've said this already but it felt to me like it should have been a 20 minute shot but it was bloated into an hour and 50 it yeah actually you know, that like, probably would work really well as a as a short like uh mm. the film and i wrote this down purposely the film felt like bilbo baggins and fellowship of the ring like butter spread over too much bread <laughs> that was my description i wrote that down and i'm like yes that is the best way to describe this film that's you got it um what do you think of the performances katie dickie like tony no. curran no no everything and i've wrote this down as well everything was delivered so emotionlessly that uh, it felt like a table read and it was so they were trying so hard to be dramatic and i just at the end they died instantly (laughs) i never saw them fuck you and then (laughs) shit happens every day mate that's how exactly how we talk i know and i was like how fucking long is it gonna take these people to say this conversation and that's how i've just felt like every single person was talking no and the guy at the beginning um like (laughs) going somewhere it's friday night (laughs) like uh, uh, right she knows the day like, you, you know, I like I like how it was shown a wee a wee insight to the temperament of Scottish people with a little bit where, you know, she would go you know, when the wee dad's falling down on the floor and she'll go she's like, You alright? And it'll spit and be like, Fuck you and she'll be like, Well fuck you And there's like so many bits like that where folk just have such a guzzle reaction I to know. one thing. You're know, like the wee guy that she's having sex with in his van. She's like, Go you know, go away, Tony or whatever his name is and he's just like, Oh well, fuck you He gets pure raging. Um I know. The 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 worst about that was our 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 father in law when they first kind of talks to her at the wedding, and uh, he's got the pint and like the, the wee bowl of like peanuts or something, and his his dialogue's awful, his delivery's awful. I don't know if these are like real actors for the most part, or they're just there was, like there was a line I almost re- I almost rewound it right, but there's a line and I was almost sure he said my beer's getting cold, and I was very <laughs> confused by that obviously. <laughs> And I, I just wasn't quite sure. I almost went back and I was like, nah, nah, nah. It surely didn't. But it's been playing in my mind this whole time. Like, does this man like warm beer? Like, what? <laughs> um, uh, that, uh, you know, I always just think when I see Katie Dickey, the main thing I think about her is when she got absolutely chest punched by the alien in Prometheus. <laughs> and she goes fleeing against the wall. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. She's also she's also in filth. Um yeah, but I I don't know, like when, when you compare like see if you think though of like Scottish cinema, what kind of films do you think of then if it's not this kind of film? Or is it this kind of film? Yeah, pretty much is. Is this or like train spotting or um was that the Legend of Barney Ross? Was it Legend of Barney Ross? The Barney Thompson. Barney Thompson. No, that was a bit I would say that was I like that one. I really like the Barney Thompson film. Yeah, it's, but it all just it seems to be that there are other oh, I say there are other people there's not that many people that want to make different films in Scotland um, uh-huh. other than Hollywood productions coming and using the locations but because mm-hmm. you see it in short film competitions that I've entered and had to like go and, and be part of and watch all the films beforehand and they all make the same 
poverty porn film. And I just think it's the people who are funding these shots or like the funding agencies who look for a specific type of film to portray um, Scotland as. And the thing that I have a, a personal, you know, vendetta against, and I think it's true, and as far as I can see it is true, it is film analysts and film theorists who like to sit in their, their wee ivory towers and then engage with the what's the word engage with these landscapes and these types of people and these um, cultures but they don't want it to get too close so they make films about it and they can say I know but we are we're engaging with the common man look at this film we've made mm. from our you know our ivory tower where we talk about you know the feelings of whatever and I'm, I'm not doing a very good fucking job of, of enunciating what I'm trying to say or explaining what I'm trying to say, but that's how, that's how strongly I feel about it. I just feel as if it's pretentious people making films about working class people so they can talk to all their other pretentious pals about how in the loop they are with the real struggle of Scotland when they know nothing about it. And I, I get that from lecturers, I get it from other filmmakers, and I just absolutely detest it. See, I, when it comes to this kind of poverty porn type of, of film that quite often is in these kind of Scottish films. I think it comes from two angles. Like, for this film in particular, you know, this is a very, um, like, it's, you know, it has, like, the lottery fund at the beginning and all this. So, like, obviously, it's not, like, a big-budget movie. Yeah. So then, obviously, when, when we're being taught to, like, write scripts, and it's, like, write what you can actually get, you know? Like, think of the production while you're writing the script. Like, you're writing this little scene in, can you feasibly make this? Do you have access to this kind of location? That many people, blah, 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 blah. So, like, I think there's part of that with this, you know, they go, oh, well, if we said it, you know, and it's just in the, what do, what do you call those kind of flats? High rise, I think. I thought that's the uh, Just high rise or something. Uh, I thought it was maybe a different word, but it's like, you know, you said it in the high rise, so, you know, there's just, all you need's one flat, which, if it's going for sale, it's going for sale for like 20 grand, you know? And and a like that type of one that they were saying they were showing, especially ten, you know, fifteen years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a minimal characters that set out in the streets, and all the only set, the only actual set that they really needed was the CCTV, because everything else is just houses and flats, and then maybe you get a pub as well. Which I mean, even when I was saying like you, when you were filming one of your films, you'd done the wee cafe in town. Yeah. So, you know, like, th those kind of things are all accessible. So that's one thing away I, I see when they're making a film like this. But the second thing, though, and I think this kind of ties into Trainspotting a wee bit more, is just the fact that it's kind of like the Scottish attitude. Like, we'll never, kind of like, we never boast. It's not like uh, the, the kind of culture around Scotland is to always be like, ah, well, you know, if you had this really good achievement, it'd be like, ah, you know, it's all right. You know, you're never really going to be like, I'm the fucking best, mate. You know, <laughs> that that is always just the way it is. So I think even even people who do actually like Scotland, see when it comes to making stories or film about Scotland, I think it can automatically go to that place of being like, oh, well, actually, Scotland's not that great. And here's here's all the bad sides of Scotland that, that I want to film about rather than highlighting all the really good stuff about Scotland as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that's too common. It's just that kind of I don't want to say depressing. It's just there's something. It's hard to quite grasp. But you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know just what you're that, talking There about. is that attitude where it's just like you always talk down yourself. You always talk down the country. You always talk down everyone else. That is just the kind of way of things here. 
Um, and obviously people will be people will disagree with that, and people yeah. will say like, oh no, like we, you know, you want you want to be positive, and I think obviously I'm not saying every person in Scotland is a depressing wee bam who hates <laughs> everything in life, but like there's a lot of people with that, and even someone that think like you know I'd like to say I'm relatively positive most of the time. But if someone does ask me things about Scotland, there's a good chance that I will approach it from that angle without even even like realizing it. So I think that translates into into uh, cinema. Although I'm saying this, I'm almost definite Andrea Arnold is English, but hmm. um, there you go. But that's that's I just want to touch on something you said, Dylan. That's why I have such a hate for film school as well. When mm-hmm. they teach you to write a certain way, so you walk in and they're like, "I've got this great idea." Ah, but can you, can you, do you have access to that location? And then, nah. Do you have access to the budget? Nah. Then don't write about it. What a horrible way to to, to strangle someone's creativity. Can you physically make that right now, first year in university? Nah. Then don't write about it. And I just yeah, that's that, true. they have that attitude, yeah. and that's how you get shit repetitive films because people are only making what they've seen before or you get every single student film ever made based starts off in somebody's bedroom like Mm. i've seen it i I see this film you know 10 especially if it's in a class when i did the joint class with the filmmaking students everybody made the same film and that's Mm. why and i just i hate that's why i I left film school twice because i just could not (laughs) get on board with what they were trying to teach me they were trying to stifle your creativity and they were trying to you know brainwash you into making the types of films that they think will become popular they think will get made right make this film about this you know this alcoholic get homeless guy outside the shop down the street and that'll get you awards that's a good film i'll like nah i want to make a a film about you know dimension jumping bounty hunters who kill (laughs) you know bad guys and i was like i'll go and make that i don't care if nobody sees it you're not gonna fucking mm. stifle my creativity oh yeah and that was... yeah because there's, de- there's definitely like when when you're watching like they show you a lot of short films they show you the award-winning ones and stuff like that and they are that kind of like it's it what i think it's weird because even at times you know a lot of the time i'll doubt doubt kind of what i could have made or what i could have done and all this kind of stuff but then you see some of these things you're like i could have actually i could make that like if i could i could have a i'm not saying i could make it good but i, yeah. I could have a fair whack at doing something like this and yeah, I mean, I suppose I hadn't really thought about it like that because I did like the, I did understand the kind of practical elements because, like, I know people that were willing to put in money to their short films. I never did. I never was. Yeah. I was always like cheap, 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 cheap. Like barely spend anything at all. So I did. I'd always kind of got on board with that side of things. But then when I, you know, before I went to university, you know, I used to write wee short stories and stuff like that. And this even this was even when I went to me- there was a media club in secondary school or high school. And um, they went and they were like, let's write script ideas. And I like brought an idea and the, the guy was like, yeah, mate, we can't, we can't film this because I was doing like some fucking alien invasion on a beach, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that. So I, your, your mind, never that, that's, to guys like that. that's why I've always kind of, I've seen in terms of like, because I always enjoyed writing. I never fully leaned into it in university just because I kind of fell into the whole practical side, well, more like the editing side of things. Yeah. But I always did really like writing. But when I think of writing now, or like if I want to write, I think more of novels rather than scripts. Because right. then that does, that to me feels unbound, you know, because I think it is like I do have all of those rules and regulations and theories and formats and what you can and can't do and all this kind of stuff baked, like, drilled into my brain so much yeah. that then when I think of like a book, I'm just like, mate, you can, you can take whatever the fuck you want kind of thing. Yeah. That's the worst thing for you. That's that that's stifles creativity so much. 
And I just, mm. I, I'm, I'm very, very against Leland. Pick up a book, how to write a script. That's you. Read the best thing you can do is read scripts because I don't want to, you know, sell myself too much here. We're talking about people, you know, or that that alcoholic guy <laughs> or the guy who's getting ready for his date. I made a film about a zombie hunter who shoots lasers for the palm of his hands down in an abandoned like industrial estate. That's where you need to be at if you're going to be. <laughs> that that's you know? the true Scottish cinema right there. <laughs> exactly. That's not. Oh, I can't do it, the money for facts. It might, it might look warm, but it's really, really not. <laughs> <laughs> that's I just remember you caking me in fucking syrup. I know. Cake for the blood bit in a film that never even get made. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it was bloody freezing, and I was so sticky all day. Disgusting. <laughs> But, um, but that's that's where you need to go. That I, I honestly think you need to get all all of the young filmmakers listening to to this old guy here. You need to not listen to what your your film lecturers are telling you and do what it is you want to do, because otherwise you're just <laughs> going to be stuck in a a, a loop. And I, I hate saying echo chamber because I've already said it off air. But you'll be just stuck in an yeah. echo chamber. We oh, let's make nah, this mate, same he, film. He was practicing that before we started. I know I was, and I just, I just, I've got such. This is that is my problem with with film school, with you know, artsy independent filmmakers. You just they just feed off each other and don't listen to anybody else. And we said it as well. If if you don't like it you don't understand it it's not i've made a bad film no absolutely not you have not made a bad film people just don't understand the film you've made whereas you need to hold your hands up and say nah i made a bad film i've made a bad film i've made two of them they were absolutely shite i thought they were great at the time but they're no and that's when you need to you need to learn for those mistakes not just be yeah they don't understand so i'm just going to keep on doing what i do we're getting into a very film school uh, tangent, but I'm <laughs> going to continue it a little bit more. But like, yeah, I think uh, there was a real, there is a real issue with criticism in, in film, film school because like, you know, the lecturers, a lot of the lecturers would be like, you know, that's that's really good. And we had this one guy, uh, I'm wondering whether, no, I'll just not say his name, <laughs> but there was this <laughs> one guy who was ruthless, like ruthless. And I loved him. He was the best lecturer I ever had. And he wasn't even a lecturer. He was like a guest guy that came yeah. in and he just, he'd come up, everybody'd start sweating. Because you know, <laughs> this guy's here and he's going to fucking tear into your film. And the thing is, what i done when I went into these things, you know, sometimes it's hard. Like, I'm not going to say that there aren't times where I'm like, oh, mate, why would you say that? You know, I disagree with you. But what I do is, you, you, you know, he comes in. Why is this here? Why is this? Why is this the last? You know, what, what are you doing here? And I you write all your notes. You take a step back and you go, right, well, why are these things here? And you actually consider it because in the moment you can get, you can get very emotional. And I think that was the issue with a lot of people was they just, they go, well, no, 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 no. You just, you just don't get it. But then that's the problem I found with some of the other lecturers. Some of the other lecturers would be very, oh yeah, that's, that's nice. That's good. Oh, you're doing really well. And then you get a C and you're like, I thought that yeah. was very good, you know. I thought that was. I thought you were loving that, and then you're you doing this. So, I I think there is an issue. But saying about film school as well, I do want to be somewhat slightly more positive than you in the fact that, like, I do think it's if you don't if you don't look at it as a as a way to learn stuff, maybe you're learning things that in a different way or stuff like that. But it's also say like you know you get your your sas your funding obviously this is different for different countries wherever you're listening but here in scotland like we have our sas we get free education all this so like going into that it does also give you the space 
if you don't have a job as well, like I did though. I mean, most people, students probably still have a job as well. But it gives you the space to kind of just go and and work in your stuff a bit more carefree because that's something I wish I'd done a lot more now that I'm out of education and I'm having to work and try and put in time to do other things as well. Um, but it gives you time for that and also the time to like meet people because they always say, you know, not everyone's going to leave, go to film school and become filmmakers but some might, some will and these are pe- people that you could potentially be working with at some point as well so it's good it's a way to make those connections whilst also fully focusing in on your craft so yeah, there you go boys, there boys and go. girls a nice wee <laughs> a nice wee uplifting message from your boy Yeah, or save yourself four years of grief pick up a camera and go and just start making movies everything that you could mm. possibly hope to learn from film school over four years you could watch in an hour in a YouTube video Go all, pick up a also, camera, learn how to light, learn how to frame. <laughs> that's you. You're a filmmaker. Also, there's some good books. Good there's books. Some, yeah. I'd say there's some good books as well that are like I remember reading a, a journalism one, but it was all about like magazine writing and pitching stuff like that. And I remember being like, "This is so dense." Within like every page, I was like, "Mate, get the highlight of it. Highlight <laughs> it all." I was loving it, but. Yeah, I'm going to move on from this because we're, t- we're talking about something completely different. But um, I, um, I'm i not sure really what I think about Scottish cinema all too much because I don't... I, I'm always kind of withdrawn from it a wee bit. I think sometimes I can, like, if I hear the Scottish accent in cinema, sometimes I'm kind of like, Ugh. it depends. There's a very... It's weird because of a place that's so full of so many different accents. I mean, I've, like, you know, I've got an accent that people probably don't like, but there's something, there's a very particular Scottish accent that only works, that works for me. Because, you know, if you get your Ponce, I don't want to start attacking different <laughs> <laughs> sects of, of Scotland, but there's some places with some accents that I'm not too ca- kind, uh, yeah. too much of a fan of, and, and it's very exaggerated, and there's that tendency in film and 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 that to, to exaggerate, especially especially in Scottish media, there's such a thing about amping up the Scottish accent, but you're creating something for a Scottish audience. So why are you amping it up? I don't get that. Like the the you know you roll your eyes, yeah, you, you, you know all this kind of. Uh, it just it just makes me cringe an awful lot because I'm like, who are you advertising this to? Is this the vision of Scotland that you're trying to give other places? Or to Scotland itself, and we, you know, every Scottish person's going to look at that and be like, "Aye, but no one really speaks like that," you know. Um, but I read Rod, uh, had uh, had the cha cha sliding it as well. Yeah, like that bit. That was a high note for me. <laughs> Remember that? It was used to be always on. Do you, do you ever go to? Do you ever go to Brewster Bales when you were younger? No. Ah, oh, mate. Before my time, so, I think. Before your time. Yeah. Nah, because I went there. After your time, you mean? Oh, after Do you know why I'm talking about that? No, no idea. No idea. Do you know? Yeah, you don't know who Brewster Bear is. He's like an eight foot bear, bear? with a red t-shirt <laughs> on that used to go dancing or something at this kid's place. No, never heard of it. Cha Cha Slide was on repeat at that place. That's all <laughs> I have to say. Um, so yes, uh, it's been a bit of a weird episode to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I will we say this though. Bit of that. Will say though. Um, see, there's a few things that have annoyed me that I'm still going to talk about in this Red Road film. Oh, right, okay, 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 okay. And that is, the the final confrontation, things amped up very much in, in, on the drama scale, 
and as she was running across roads, I only saw one car, but I heard, like, as if she was in the middle of a motorway, and I'm like, let's get on here, and there was car horns, cars sped past, and I'm like, There's, I've seen one car on the road, no even gone that fast, but they had the shaky cam, and they were trying to get us as if it was in the middle of this big, this big busy thing, so that annoyed me. The score was far too over the top for what the film was trying to be. I remember her, when she was drinking that bottle of beer before she was up to the party, and she was following my boat, and there was this big menacing score, and I'm like, all right, guys, dial it down a wee bit. It just, the score is probably good, Like if it was in another film, if it was in a film that, that matched the level of intensity, but I just don't think it fit for this. So I'm trying, I'm trying to have positives with the negatives, um, and the thing that really annoyed me that I felt was so like overindulgent or self-indulgent was when she finally goes to her in-law's house and she sits down and they have a cup of tea I don't understand why we had to sit and watch the mother-in-law pour three full cups of tea on the single shot that really annoyed me I was like how long we get it there's three cups there's a teapot she's gonna pour three cups I don't have to sit and <laughs> yes. listen to it fill from bottom to top with three cups and it really uh. annoyed me I don't get why she was standing outside a shoe shop either looking in at the end I just felt like that was there's, there's so many of those shots that are just flung in what about at the at the very shop? end um, was it not because she was looking in at the shoes maybe <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you talk, was it a shoe Like at the very end, I before she goes and does whatever she does at the end. Um, aye. No, the, but there were so Maybe many of those shots. Mate, I've been running all over the place, need a new pair of shoes. Running in front of cars in but the middle of motorways. It just, it seemed to me they were trying to get as many like rundown looking places as possible squeezed into the runtime so they could say, aye, it's not just this wee area of the flats that's rundown, it's, it's everywhere. Um, mm. And that was my pretentious voice. So my 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 final feelings on this film, personally, speaking as a creator, future creator, and an aspiring filmmaker of feature length movies, this is me, heart, <laughs> hand on heart. Uh, I feel as if making a film, you have to respect the audience's time, respect it enough to show them, uh, like kind of only what is needed to push the narrative forward in an entertaining way, because. You're making a film, I feel as if you're making a film to entertain. And I don't think this film did that. And that's mm-hmm. this that is the main reason why I don't have time for like poverty porn or self-indulgent filmmaking. Because it's not pushing the story forward in an entertaining way. It's showing me, it's trying to put a mirror up, you know, of uh, against society and show me what what's really happening. And I'm not interested in that in films. If I want to see that, I'll watch a documentary. I get that folk like this style of filmmaking and uh more power to them, more power to you guys out there who love this style of filmmaking, but it's just not my taste. I want to say it's shite, I know I laugh and joke and say this is pushing it's shite, and I want to say that because, you know, serious efforts went in to make this film, but it's just not to my taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that with the, the, like, having every scene, like, you know, there are points where you'll think, that didn't need to go on as long, or why have we been watching this, or whatever, and I think that is just down to like the it's a different it's a different style because like you get that especially a lot with the kind of uh, the more artsy films where you're just like it's so slow and if you condense what actually happened in the film down to it's it's bare bones like you could have a maybe 20 30 minute film but I think for me when it comes to a film like this it really depends on my mood um 
because when I first watched this, like we were saying, no, different different atmosphere, different kind of setting. But when I watched this, I was just fully invested in it, and I just became very, I I I, I ate up all of those details. And if I can get into a frame of mind for a film like that, yeah. But last night, for example, some sometimes this happens often though, because it's like you know I'll, I'll quite happily watch the film, but as soon as we say let's watch it for the podcast you get that kind of like right i need to watch it now so when i went into this i didn't have that i'm just sitting down to watch a movie i was like right i need to get that i, I need to, it's it, you know it's 10 o'clock at night i need to start watching this because i've got we're talking about it tomorrow and then because of that it didn't have that just seeping into the atmosphere of the film and i struggled with that and then it does then the you, you do start to think this is so slow but it's, it's it's a hard thing to... I feel like I'm like on the cusp of getting what I'm trying to get at. But like, you need to be immersed in a film like this to enjoy that kind of thing. But obviously it's not for everyone. And obviously it also, even for somebody that is into stuff like that, it can be hard to get into that frame of mind for it. And I think this film is so entirely dependent on that. Whether you enjoy that or not, it's just whether you're able to, to just become a part of that because it is supposed to be like you're saying holding the mirror up it's supposed to just be like reflecting real life and that's why i think you get bits where it's like pouring the tea or yeah. just you know hanging about outside bits and watching you know all this kind of stuff and the, the wee dug that wee fat dog i know that's that was one of my, my main gripes it was like is he saying come on you've had a long tough day that dog's clearly no well why the fuck's he dragging it about all day leave it in the house to sleep and no sympathy for that guy and all the sympathy for the dog also another thing which really annoyed me this is more of the technical side how high quality are those cctv cameras because see when she's looking at him and he's got the boots bag and he follows his we find out later is his daughter and then there is a close-up a crystal clear close-up of her hand and she couldn't be purposely try to show the camera what's in it anymore if she tried i like that is full <laughs> hd image quality that is the best cctv camera ever <laughs> it's because even a lot of cctv for modern places now 15 years later are very like that static kind of yeah like it'll jump about the place i'm doing a wee jump about the now for them that didn't <laughs> couldn't audibly hear my head moving uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, that was they, that's some good, you know, only the highest quality stuff from uh, the Scottish CCTV business. You know, we get the best cameras in the game. Yeah. When it comes to watching people in the street, I've always um, said it. <laughs> so I that that's uh, that's it. The film aspect <laughs> the, for me. The oh, film oh, aspect. Say, I, the <laughs> film aspect. I've got to go for the film aspect, even though I do like this. I do like this movie. But that's what the rating system for it forces you to choose. <laughs> Pick a side. And I can't when I think of some of the other films that I put next put in the film respect, it's not sitting there with me. So it's got to be the film aspect, just because this last time it just it didn't do it for me so much. And I Scotland sometimes, yeah, I'm just I've not I gotta say, when I'm thinking of Scottish films that I've seen, what is your favourite Scottish film that you've seen? Braveheart. That you can think of. Is that a Scottish movie nah, though? But I don't care. It's better than any Scottish film I've seen. I'd probably say, off the top of my head, it, it would be Train Spotting, but only because I ha- I don't think I've seen that many. Or I am not a fan of Train Spotting. I liked at it. All. I've only watched I it liked, once. Like I liked um I liked uh, uh the second movie a lot better actually. Um, and I gotta say, The Legend of Barney Thompson is 
is actually up there for me. I Wait, really, really enjoyed it. Cannot believe I forgot this. I, I, I looked this up last week to talk about it, and my favourite film that of Scotland that's produced of all time is the original Wicker Man. Cannot believe I forgot that. That is a tremendous movie. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so angry at myself because I, I made a point of writing it down somewhere last week. I was like, I need to talk about the Wicker Man because the Wicker Man's amazing. And they all talk uh-huh. like this in the Wicker Man. And it's, uh, <laughs> that's just why. I love it. They've got that prop. I don't know if, if, if that's how they talk in the Orkneys, but that's that's how they talk in the Wicker Man. Uh-huh. Um, what about Ned? You seen that? No. I haven't I seen Ned. that movie. It's very... Yeah, it's everything that you were just talking about there. Oh, is it? Except, except worse, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I'm just going to quickly... I'm looking... I'm looking under Wait. the skin. Under the oh, skin. Under the Skin, yeah, definitely. Under the Skin is a... Cl- but then that, the thing with that is just because it's not so much based on anything... It, but that is a version of the dire-looking Scotland that fits entirely the the the, the, the themes or the, the, yeah. the kind of... What you need for that movie... Definitely. It's completely captured through that side, that kind of perspective of Scotland, and I really do like that. I'm trying to think though, we we need some like happy, you know, Highland some happy Rob Scottish. Rob Roy, there you go. I've, I've never seen those movies. What? Um, you ever seen Highlander? You said. Oh no, I've seen Highlander. It's, it's a load of pish. It's absolutely. Not. I've spoken about this before. It's, it's, it's with you. Not. It's terrible, terrible movie. About. Nah, I don't understand it's, that in any any facet. Nah, I just I, I just they, really hated it. You just don't I think, understand you know, it. I, I genuinely think if you made the Highlander now, it would be far far better. I genuinely think mm. if they were to remake Highlander, it would be I would be into it because I like the concept. It's I a think, cool concept. Uh, the execution is fucking atrocious. No, I, I think it. it's, it's it's a bit of a, a um of its time but i think it i still think it holds up as far as 80s kind of sci-fi action flicks go it suffered from horrible horrible sequels but the i think i still think the the original highlanders highlanders good i like it I like it a lot nah. actually <laughs> like it a um lot. so uh on to what we've been watching you didn't watch anything did you i watched two things you lied to me you I said know. you didn't watch anything i well right. i watched two things I now have two five-star movies on my letterbox. Oh, wait, two in the same week? Two in the same week. New? Are these new watches? No. Ah, right, okay. Right, on you go then. Is The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and The oh. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship, uh, the Return of the King. I oh, finally watched those mate. two on 4K. Uh, how, oh, how good was the beginning scene in, in The Two Towers with the Balrog? Oh, mate, that gives me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> that and pretty much every single close-up of Gollum was it, it looks it looks incredible. Like I, that was the point when it came to the 4K. I was like, how's this going to hold up? You know, There's, but obviously they were saying they were touching it up a little, but they weren't changing anything yeah, they, really. Yeah, they, they were smoothing it out. They painted some out, um, but I did notice if there was a few dodgy bits with Gollum in the wider shots, but the close-ups looked amazing. There was a few things that annoyed me but not so much to have myself be annoyed that i spent 75 quid on it i'm 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 quite happy so wait are you telling me that you don't think fellowship of the rings a five-star movie i do but i just didn't watch it this week so wait you're telling me that you watched <laughs> you started on the two towers no i watched fellowship like three weeks ago when i, right. when I first got the 4k and then i, I watched two towers and then 
right okay uh, all right, right that's fine <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah the 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 4k was just it i thought it was i just i really enjoyed it i think it's sometimes those shots that didn't look as yeah there was the shots you're like mate this is like the money shots have clearly put a lot of effort into and but some of them i, I did feel were a little bit fuzzy yeah like just by it just didn't translate quite as well to the the 4k restoration but i um, will say though you do you don't take any of the side-by-side um comparison shots from youtube at face value because i watched a bunch of them and i got a really bad feeling about <laughs> I mean, a lot of the stuff about it for, and for months and what i saw on my tv did not look anything like what i watched on on youtube and i watched it on youtube on like you know 4k resolution on the tv to try and get a side-by-side comparison and thankfully they've they've either went back to the dvd color or, and they've or just completely so taken... is, this, is this your new your new pick i'm gonna have to watch the dvd version again but it looks more in in line with with uh with what that looked like the horrible mm. horrible looking blu-rays so such a morning bastard <laughs> <laughs> um, no I, I i don't have any uh, yeah any no, but it, looks, what I saw. it looks it looks it looks banging. It slaps. <laughs> it- <laughs> <laughs> Getting down with the kids does slap. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched uh, four things this week. Five things, actually, but one of them we're saving to next week. Uh, first watch of the week, Instant Family was added to Netflix. Uh, Rose Byrne, Mark Wahlberg, a couple of like, middle-aged folk that decide to adopt a full family. And it was almost, like, way better than it deserved to be. I don't know if you've seen this, yep. but, like, you did. Did you like it? Yeah, I, I really liked it, yeah. What I just loved about it is it was so heartfelt and also just not afraid to be a little bit serious at points. Because that, I, I think I tweeted out about it, but there was a point where, like, they start, they say something about somebody, you know, relapsing on drugs or whatever and i just laughed at a habit because it's like you know i'd been watching 20 minutes of a comedy and then yeah. it's just like no we're gonna get serious right now and we're gonna be talking about some sad shit and i was just like oh that's kind of weird but i like this mark Wahlberg. i just sometimes there's something about him that i day really really like but um yeah it was a really it was a really good movie there was obviously points that were a bit like Ah, uh, well, you know that she's going to eventually be difficult and then you get these parts. But I just found that it's just a quite a nice story because it wasn't so much just like a wait and then eventually the kids will come around. They're what, it was like they were kind of having to tackle things to, to get them and then with the mum coming back, it's just really good. I definitely recommend it. It was I had a really good time. Uh, I rewatched The Gentleman. Uh, funny. Pretty witty. Great performances. Love Charlie Hunnam and Hugh Grant. I forgot how good Hugh Grant was in it. Like how I love I love it when actors get to that age. You know, obviously he was a very the Ponzi pretty boy in a lot of romance films, but now it's just like he's got to that age. He's just like, mate, I'll play the most despicable bunch. Like <laughs> this guy's disgusting. But then also like he'll play great. You know, like Paddington. Yeah, it's kind of like roles where he's not afraid to take take the piss out of himself anymore. And I love that when actors do that. I, I, oh, it's just so great. So I really really enjoyed this. I forgot that they're making a TV show based off of this. Um, oh, are they? I didn't, and they're developing a TV show based off this. I'm not sure if that's just going to be like the same characters, or is it going to be like how how could that work, or if it's just in the style? Um, here's something I've been looking forward to moan about for a while. For the moment, I saw it, I knew it was going to be terrible. But Songbird, I was saying earlier, the movie set in 2024. You're four, three years into lockdown. 
Uh, it's like, you know, there's... It's set in Los Angeles, I think, and it's like, you know, places are wrecked. The the, the famous light lighting up Ferris wheel thing at the beach, it's all broken down and the, the highways are empty and there's grass growing and there's signs up and like 8 million dead this year and all this. And I'm like, how fucking insensitive is this movie? It pisses me off so much. For Right, let's just talk about the... I'm going to be as quick as I can about this. To make to point out just the movie on its own, it's dull, it's predictable, it's terribly written, and some random pointless shit happens. Like there's a point, and I'm literally think the only reason for this was you know you get Peter Stromer as the bad guy in it, and I've no idea what his name was, but basically there's this bit where he's like he turns up, you know the he's a part of sanitation, and when sanitation turns up, that means you've been detected of having COVID, right? And it is actually, there's no, there's no hidden, oh, is this like a take? Is this supposed to be a commentary on the COVID? It is COVID. They say it. It's COVID-23. It's not, there's no, there's, they'll, they'll hit it with all the wee trigger phrases of the last year to, to just get some kind of reaction out of you. But he basically, there's a bit where he's about to turn up and then he just, it just kind of cuts to the side. And there's this crazy guy who I've seen in films like Limitless, just sitting like talking. He's like, what's happening? You know, he's up, he starts talking to him. He stabs him. And the guy's like, Ugh you know, dying, obviously get stabbed, falls to the side, and then it cuts back to, like, like it just continued to seem before, from before, and I was like, they genuinely just put that in to be like, ooh, this guy, bad. He stabbed people. <laughs> that's literally it. And I was like, that's so pointless. Then there's another bit where the guy, you know, he's running about, he's getting chased, he's set up, and there's people chasing him with guns. And Some random-ass guy just turns up and just starts blasting folk, right? Helps him out the place, and then he goes, right, come on, and he's like, nah, I'm going to stay here for a bit. Never seen again. <laughs> never referenced before. Never referenced after. Just put in the like, how do we get this guy out of here? Uh, a random maniac with a machine gun turns up. Aye, that'll do. Uh, <laughs> so annoying. Everyone's terrible in it. I'm actually disappointed for every person that showed up in this movie. Craig Robinson's in it. Um, of like The Office and Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, the, Jake's dad from Brooklyn Nine Nine, Demi Moore or Demi Moore, however you want to say it, she's in it. Ale- uh, Alexandra Daddario or something, or is it Alex? She's yeah. in it. Uh, why? It's so. It's just. It's so pointless. It's so weird. And it just feels like how quickly would you like? As soon as the fucking pandemic kicks off, let's let's make a movie, boys. Let's make some money <laughs> off of this. I mean, like, literally, what, we're 10 months into that, and that movie, the, the movie's out already. Yeah. You know, how quickly did you need to make that? How quickly? Were you, it's all, it's Michael, it's a Michael Bay produced movie as well, so apparently he's like the string puller to try and get all the things done, but I just found, like, no one wants to see a movie where they're like, 8 million dead this year when we've just passed 2 million deaths for yeah. COVID, you know? No one wants to be like, oh, no, they're doing scans, and like, I'm stuck in the house, and now my parents are getting taken away, because like, it's at, it's not obviously happening to the extreme of this movie. Obviously, it's exaggerated. But you know, see, in this at the very beginning of this movie, they have it where you know she's in the house with her with her gra- or gran or something like that, and then her gran gets sick, and then her gran dies. Right? Sorry to spoil it, but fucking don't watch it. Right? But you know, who, who see the amount of people in the world right now that will not find that in any? They'll they'll just be like, mate. People die all the time for this, isn't it? Like, you, going, people are just going to be upset by that. Not just, like, not in a good, like, oh, man, that's such an emotional movie. Like, just, no one's going to be entertained by this, I don't think. 
Well, obviously there will be. There'll be people. I just said I wasn't going to take long. Right, so, I it's, it's, oh, it's, it's so annoying. I just I hated it. It's a shit movie regardless of the COVID. Like, see if it was just a random pandemic. But, I mean, there's literally, like, there's guys who are immune in this. And they call them uni scums. And then there's a bit where, like, this guy goes, Oh, mate, you're late for my delivery. And then he just turns around and goes, You're just jealous because I'm immune. Nobody said anything about that, mate. Like, nobody mentioned the word. First line of the movie, pretty much. <laughs> hated it. Hated it. Um, last thing. Watch the first two episodes of One Division. Not sure how it feels. Yeah, everyone's raving on about how good it was. And I'm like, mm, I'm kind of waiting for it to get good. Right. Like, it's going through different eras of TV. So it's the 50s and 60s, I think, was episode one and two. I'm assuming it's just going to go decade, per, per decade, you know, like, with each one. I it, So it basically is literally... 25 minutes of sitcom, last 30 seconds are like, ooh, what, what was that? Oh, right. You know, it, it, you know that that's it so far. So I'm hoping it progresses a wee bit more, but it's not like the crazy thing that everyone was making out to be, at least from what I've seen so far. But I, they're all the things I watched. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I try, like, so... Like, see, the thing is, well, I have no notes, but these things, I just put the titles... And I, I deliberately didn't do that because I was like, I'll oh, keep it, keep it short <laughs> when it comes to that movie. But I just couldn't. Um, so thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about Wonder Woman eighty four, or is it nineteen eighty four? Is it just eighty four? I think it's nineteen eighty four. Um, I so if you don't want that movie spoiled, because we'll be going into all, all, all bits of the story, uh, you've got a week to watch it. Uh, next Friday it's available on HBO Max in the US Amazon Prime in the UK and presumably the same in Europe I think Amazon Prime yeah I'd say so but I think it's available in just basically any kind of streaming thing that allows you to purchase movies as well Uh, I got it for £16 uh, but I split with some with some folks so wasn't that bad Um, yeah so we'll be back on Tuesday as well with our recast of Gladiator which I'm really excited to see what Brian... Have you made up that one that you've not done yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got it. Oh, I've you got, got it, it, you got it. Um, but until then, remember to give us give the show a follow on Twitter, at The Film Aspect. Tell your mates. Tell them that this is where all the movie bands happen, right here on this show. We're also available... I'm also available on Twitter, at WatchPlayType, all capitals at the beginning of each of those words. What are you, Brian? Nice. Do you want to, I'm you want to Brian that? Davidson, 9 zero. Nine zero. Nine zero. People will be like, well, what does it mean? I know, I'm an enigma. I'm a mystery <laughs> wrapped in an enigma. We we need a whole lot of film students to sit here and try and pull apart what, <laughs> what all that, what your Twitter handle means. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're a film student, definitely follow me on Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with Wonder Woman 84 next week. Uh, also, uh, we've got a wee announcement. On February the 5th, we'll be hosting a super special live episode to celebrate our first birthday that is right. We've been rambling about film for a whole year. How time flies, Brian, isn't that right? Flew. Flew in. <laughs> it sure did flew. <laughs> so, well, it did. It's not currently flying. It's in the past. <laughs> sake. I thought you watched Tenet. Um, so, to mark the occasion, yeah, we've got a super fun live episode planned with guests, and you can watch that episode live on Twitter, February 5th, starting at 8pm gmt or uk time i suppose so i cancel your plans for february 5th it's a friday it's going to be an absolute doozy but don't worry we'll also have our uh 
a regular episode coming out that week as well. So it's going to be going to be talking lots that week, aren't we? Yep. Get uh, on your, but... your virtual site, crack open a cold one with the boys and watch <laughs> our, our live episode of the film aspect. Uh, I'll be needing some cold ones. Just just so it's like, because it'll be the first time they'll not, I'll not be able to edit out my, uh, 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 my stuttering and all that. So <laughs> yeah. be there for that when I muck all that up and we surely face a million different technical difficulties. Um, so yeah, mark your calendars. February 5th, Friday, February 5th, 8pm. The Film Aspects one year birthday extravaganza <laughs> like, is that the official title we're going for i'd say so <laughs> something like that extravapalooza we'll be... oh jeez oh, um so we'll yeah. also be posting on the on the twitter account with updates to this show so that's at the film aspect i am i suppose i should mention that as well i'm sitting there going watch it on twitter it's just on twitter if yeah. you open twitter that will be playing yeah. that's all it's playing that night we've booked it the whole of twitter exactly so twitter channel one <laughs> um so yeah at the film aspect february 5th 8 p.m the one year birthday i say one year it's the first birthday first yeah. birthday special see these are the things that that'll be great you'll get to see that's that's how we that's how we fumble that'll keep in there you know just to add a bit of personality yeah. to me people think you know he's just a normal guy he's not a podcasting god <laughs> like that. but you get to just see all of you <laughs> puts his trousers on one leg at a time <laughs> I'll be getting my, my like, script right up to the... I can read straight from the script. I'll get my reading glasses, my wee, pint, my wee pointer, or the ruler that people do. Yeah. They rule it down line at a time just to make sure <laughs> I get everything right. Um, but I'm going to stop rambling. I just... Uh, come watch us then. It'll be fun. And we surely... We, we'll reveal what we're covering closer to the time. But just know you should be excited. Because we are, aren't we? Yep, very very you can hear it in his voice listen to him he's bloody ecstatic he's practically shaking right now um <laughs> can you not hear me shaking <laughs> the whole bloody place mate he's got dvds falling off his shelves and everything <laughs> right i keep saying i'm stoked on but i'm actually going to stop it now uh we'll see you next week but we'll see you on february 5th as well exactly right bye bye <laughs>